Thanks for joining us for Open Bible Online today. Open Bible Baptist Church has been in South Jersey for over 60 years. We love this community and we want to be a help to you. In order to help us help you in the best way possible, would you do us a favor? Please fill out the digital connection card posted in this link. Here you could post prayer requests and also ask any questions you may have about Open Bible. If you'd like to give today, you could give online in less than two minutes. Visit openbiblenj.org for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Now enjoy the service. Let me ask you to join me in the Gospel of Mark this morning and the first chapter, Mark chapter number one. And again, if you're visiting here at Open Bible, we are honored to have you. It's hard for me to see who's who's back there because everybody sits kind of next to each other, behind each other. But if you're visiting, we're sure glad you're here today. Mark chapter number one. Look in verse number one. Here's what happens here. John, or excuse me, Mark begins to give us a, a short biography about a man named John. And I like him. You know why? Because he was a Baptist. Is John, is John the Baptist. Got nothing to do with what church he went to, you know, just kind of tells us of his beliefs. But look at verse 1. It says, in the beginning of the gospel of Jesus, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as it is written in the prophets, behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare thy way before thee. Now, you, you know, we're very accustomed today in our society uh, to be labeled, right? We all understand labeling, don't we? Say amen right there. We understand labeling. Uh, there's labels on everything, right? Uh, in the economic world, right? Everything's labeled for us, you know? Uh, my wife sends me to the market, and she tells me specifically what to get. Of course, I, I never bring back what she asked me to get, because uh, I don't look at the list, but everything's labeled. And then even with, with churches, right? Uh, you drive down New Brooklyn Road here, and um, in fact, if you're coming uh, from, from that direction down the road, you see the steeple uh, of this building before you see anything, and then you'll see the building. And, and then as you get closer, you'll see the label. And it's, it's what? It's Open Bible Baptist Church, right? Uh, so everything seems to be labeled for us today, and it makes life a little easier. Yeah, I'll be honest with you, I like that. Don't you? I like that. No guesswork involved. You know, uh, we, my wife and I resided in the great state of Florida for the last nine uh, or so years. And, and it's interesting down there, um, for example, we passed by several churches on the way to our church. And I'll be honest with you, I have no clue as to what goes on inside there. Because it doesn't say, you know, um, uh, open Bible Baptist Church or Bible Baptist Church or St. John's Methodist Church or uh, Billy Bob's uh, South or West Virginia Church. I mean to tell you, it's just kind of like open. It might say something like this, Celebration Church, you know, and I'm really not too sure what they're celebrating, you know. Uh, we passed by all kinds of churches, and, and, and there was one of them, I never forget this, I did a little study uh, some time ago uh, on churches, uh, and, and there was one of them in the neighborhood, I won't mention the name, and so I said, let me find out exactly what this church believes, because all it had, uh, Tyler, was just one name and then church, 
You know, so like Renaissance Church or Exalt Church or Hope Church. I don't mind Hope Church. I kind of get the idea, you know. But this one, I forget, I forget exactly what the name was. But when I looked it up, it was, a, it was an Assembly of God Church, you know. And so it's, if I was driving, if I was new to town and came from a church like this, looking for a church, and I drove down the street and I saw that church, I would just go in thinking that it's a church. And man, before you know it, you know, I'm getting slayed in the spirit. And here's the problem, Bob. I may have liked it, you know, and somebody may have started speaking in tongues. And here's the problem, Tyler. I may have known what they were talking about, you know. And so uh, I'm real careful now as far as labeling, right? Uh, But I said all that to say this. When you look in the Bible, it's interesting that we are labeled, aren't we? Uh, Believers are labeled in the scriptures. Of course, you know, we go by the label Christian. Right? And that, that kind of speaks volumes. And I think if we're not careful, we might misunderstand that label. It has nothing to do with our religion. It's got nothing to do on what you put on a document when they ask your religious beliefs, you know, uh, uh, Jew or, no, we put Christian. No, no, in the Bible, in the Bible, when it speaks about that word uh, Christian, it's speaking about a lifestyle. Say amen right there. So it's not so much what church or what kind of church we attend. No, what he's saying is this. When we claim to be Christians, we're saying we live a life that, that should resemble the Lord Jesus Christ. We're trying to be Christ-like, right? And that's not easy, is it? It's difficult. It takes a lot of work and effort, and of course it takes enabling by the Holy Spirit of God. We need His grace daily, but the bottom line is that's what we're to be, Christians, Christ-like, little Christ, so to speak. And then there's, there's other labels. For example, we're called followers, right? Jesus came on the scene in Matthew's gospel and sees individuals walking in the environment of life, their daily life, and he begins to call them, you know? And he, he, he didn't call them to be Baptist or Catholic or Episcopalian or Lutheran. He called them to be, say with me class, followers. We're to follow Jesus. Amen? And, uh, and man, that, that's just what we are. We're followers. Well, let me cut to the chase, because here in our text, I'm not sure if you've seen it or not, But in verse number two, it says, as it is written in the prophets, behold, I send my messenger. I send my messenger. John was a messenger. And I think this, I think another label that the Bible places upon us, not just Christian, not just disciple, not just follower, but we're to be messengers. Go ahead, guys. I'm not sure what you're waiting for. Messenger. There you go messengers. And, 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 you know, that's something that you and I begin to realize as we move on in our Christian experience, that as we follow him, pay attention right here, we have a message to share. And so we're to be messengers for the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, don't get nervous, because I know as soon as we begin to speak a little bit about sharing the message, some of us begin to cringe because we don't feel we have the ability to preach the gospel or witness for our faith, and we're just a little shy or, um, you know, maybe introverted. I get it. Because everything I just said described me. 
And I know you wouldn't believe that, but it's true. In the arena of life, I personally am an introvert. I'm a shy individual. So sharing the gospel, I have a couple gospel tracks here. Sharing the gospel for me is not the easiest thing to do. I can get up and preach in front of 10,000, but put me at the doorstep of one person and everything changes. Say amen right there. Huh? Everything changes for me. And so I need to rely upon uh, the Holy Spirit's help. I need to call upon my uh, Christian compassion. I need to remember what I'm supposed to do. And then I ask God to help me uh, to be clear and, and communicate an effective message. Because I'm supposed to be a messenger. And so are you. We're labeled in the Bible as not just Christians or disciples, followers, but also, say it with me, messengers. Say this with me, you ready? I am a messenger. See that? I am a messenger. And we have a great message to share. Is that not true? Here in our text, we read a little bit about a fellow named John the Baptist. And what Mark aims to do here is tie together the coming of Jesus with the work of John. And it's interesting. Uh, you know, John uh, was a well-known contemporary mm, preacher of his day. Uh, and, and Mark uses the life of John to validate the ministry of Jesus. And if you read through just a few chapters, because John doesn't, mm, uh, he doesn't consume the whole New Testament, does he? Are you with me? It's just a couple of chapters. It's really just, a, Tony, it's just the beginning of the Gospels where we read about this fellow John. Uh, but man, did he make an impact in his world. You know, uh, there's evidence here that he never preached outside of his region. You know, today, Tyler, we have some of these guys, they preach everywhere. You know, they preach from one state to the next and one country to the next. They're all over the place. And if we were to mention some of their names, man, you'd say, yeah, I've heard, I've heard of him. We may have even seen him on TV. You've never seen John the Baptist on TV. John never really left his region of Judea. However, his name was well known even in the region of Rome. Huh? How was that? How was that? Because he made an impact. He made a great impact. In fact, Jesus said this of John, there's none greater than John the Baptist. Huh? Jesus said that. There's none greater than John the Baptist. So my question is this, what did John do and just how did he do it? How did he become such a great messenger? How did he make such a great impact? In fact, centuries later, uh, on uh, Sunday, August 14th, 2022, right here in Williamstown, New Jersey, we're speaking about who? John the Baptist. What did he do and how did he do it? How did he make such an impact as a messenger for the Lord Jesus Christ? What made people flock? Pay attention right here. Flock to the wilderness. Not just to hear him, but to be baptized by him. You know how hard it is today to get somebody to get baptized? Huh? Here's John preaching in the wilderness. People are coming from all over the region to hear him. They accept his message, and then they get baptized. Man, that's got some, that's got some value, don't you think? Uh, what made his reputation echo through the Roman Empire? 
Let me share a couple things with you. And then before you leave, I promise to give you a couple things you can put in your pocket that might help us become better messengers. Let me share a couple things about John uh, that are right from this passage of Scripture, and, and we'll look at it. First, I want you to notice this. Now, pay attention right here. He lived the life. Say it with me. He lived the life. Let's read on. It says this in verse number three, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Notice verse four, John did baptize in the wilderness and preached the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. And there went out unto him uh, all the land of Judea and they of Jerusalem and were baptized of him in the river of Jordan, confessing their sins. And John was clothed with cashmere. No, uh, he was clothed with camel's hair and with a girdle of skin. That just means he had a belt around his loins. And he did eat locusts and wild honey. That's some diet. Uh, he preached, saying, There cometh one mightier than I after me, the latchet of whose shoes I'm not worthy to stoop down and unloose. I indeed have baptized you with water, but he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost. I like that, don't you? John lived the life. My question was this. My question was, what was it? What was the appeal? Why did people come from all over the region to the wilderness and listen to his message and then allow, allow him to baptize them? By the way, I don't have time to get into this, but being baptized back then was a big deal. It's always been a big deal, but back then when you got baptized, I mean to tell you, you were, you, were, you, you were preaching a message to your unsafe family that I no longer identify with you, but now I identify with him. And when you identified with Jesus, you got cut off. So what was it that caused him to make this impact? I'll tell you one of the things, Tony, he lived the life. He lived the life. Say, preacher, what do you mean by that? Listen carefully. While there may have been questions about his lifestyle, there was never a question about his life. Huh? Did you ever watch, did, you, did you, anybody see the, uh, the series called The Chosen? You ever see that? Where have you people been? In a good clay, Douglas, you see that? You know what I like about that, that series, and I'm not, I, I, I'm not advocating, I'm not promoting. I, you know, can I tell you what I like about it? I like the attitude of it. I love that they make Jesus very approachable. You know, he's not some uh, Pharisee. He's not dressed up in this particular garb. He's very approachable, you know, and, 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 I, and, I, and I, love, I love the scene where, uh, where, you know, you see John the Baptist um, and Jesus speaking. Did you, did you see that, that scene? I love it. I'm going to paraphrase it because it's been a while since I've seen it. But Jesus and John, they meet, and they're cousins, you know. And Jesus says, uh, says to John, uh, I, I, I see you're still, you're, you're still eating, eating them locusts. And while, or he refers to his diet. He said, John, you're looking kind of thin. I guess you're still eating that same diet, you know. He was a vegan. You know, I'm, I'm just teasing. Huh? And, and I mean, it's just, it's powerful because it, it just kind of brings it into current you know, current day situations and, and, and put some, you know, I, I think a modern spin on that, that whole thing. But I think this about John, I think he was the ultimate practice what you preach example. 
Huh? We've been hearing that for years, right? Hey, if you're going to speak it, you need to live it. If you're going to preach it, you better practice it. Well, John, I think John was the perfect practice what you preach example. <laughs> uh, he lived a simple life. Now, I'm going someplace with this. I want to give you a little background. He lived a simple life, uh, whether it was his clothing or his diet. And we're told this, we're told he spent a lot of time in the wilderness, you know, and I think maybe, you think about that, why would somebody spend time in the wilderness? Well, if you knew where he lived, it wasn't real hard to do that because he lived in the wilderness. But he spent a lot of time there, I think, for two main reasons. One, one is this, uh, he, he just wanted to hear from God. John wanted to hear from God. Huh? And I think a second reason is this, he didn't need the distractions of everyday life. You know, John had a calling upon his life. Uh, he, by the way, are you listening real good? John was not a follower of Jesus. He was a forerunner. He came before Jesus. You can only follow somebody if you come after them. John was called to pave the way for Christ to come. And so what a great responsibility. And what he does, in the simplest way, I mean, he didn't draw attention to himself. He, he didn't shop at Men's Warehouse or Joseph, uh, Joseph Abram. He, no, he just, well, he just, man, whatever was, he just put it on. He didn't eat in fancy places. He just locusts and wild honey. Fact is, he didn't get a good haircut, didn't trim his beard. You know, I, I kind of get a glimpse of somebody we would probably try to avoid or maybe give him a dollar at Wawa. I mean, yeah. You know, just not really attractive. But I will tell you this, he had the touch of Almighty God upon his life because he heard from God. And he tried to do his best not to allow the distractions of life to hinder him from being a messenger for the Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> you know, the message that he preached, pay attention right here, wasn't real complicated. It really wasn't. It was real simple. In fact, the message he preached, Brother Bart, lacked human philosophy. He didn't get real deep with it. He wasn't trying to figure things out. It wasn't a how-to seminar. Say amen right there. No, man, I mean, he just, got, he just got right to it. He didn't mix words. He just preached what God laid upon his heart, and people were drawn to him. People flocked to him. Why? Because he lived the life. He lived the life. I'm going to tell you something right now. You'll attract more people just by being you than you trying to be somebody else. Because nobody can be you like you can be you. Huh? You just got to be, pay attention right here. You just got to learn how to be the best version of you. Huh? Let me give you a second thought here. Number two. I think this. I think he brought the message of the coming of Christ in such a way that it touched people's hearts and souls. Take a look at that. People who he preached, they were just longing for something. In fact, I wrote this in my notes. The people that he was preaching to, because, pay attention now, they flocked to him. They came to where he was. You know what I, I, here's what I believe. I believe they just, they had enough. They had enough. 
Did you get that? They had enough. And when they came to where John was preaching, I mean to tell you, he presented the message of Christ and his coming in such a way that it just, it just captured people. Huh? They were drawn to him. They were drawn to him. And, 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 and you know, he would just, he would just preach. And, and I think this, I think the message rang true because it spoke to their need. They had gone through a long spell without hearing the Word of God. You know, between the Old Testament and the New Testament, and by the way, the, the last prophet in the Old Testament, Malachi, spoke, and the book was sealed, and then we don't hear again from heaven until Matthew chapter number one, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the Gospels, the, recording the life of Christ. You know how many years were in between there? Come on, you know. Huh? 400, yeah. You always feel like I'm going to grade you on this, don't you? It's 400 years of silence where they got no message from heaven and the people were starving. People were starving. And all of a sudden, here comes John with the touch of God upon his life, a freshness about his message. He embodied the message. He lived the message. And he's presenting the message in such a way that it's capturing people's minds and hearts. And they're saying, man, we never heard this before. Are you listening real good? Yeah. And by the way, John, when John spoke, he sounded like the voice of God. And they allowed that voice to speak to their hearts. See, the best thing that we can do when we gather in an environment like this, no matter who's preaching, is listen for the voice of God. And then allow that voice to speak to your heart. Here's the third thing. Let, let, me, let me move on. He spoke in complete humility. So my question was this, remember class, my question was, what was it that attracted people? What was it that caused people to flock to him and, and get saved and then get baptized? Well, I think this, I think he spoke in complete humility. You read, we read it, we won't go back and read it, but, but he, he, he proclaimed his own humility by saying this, that he was no better than a slave. As people were, were coming to him, they were thinking this, they were thinking that he was he was the Messiah, but he was quick to point out, no, 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 I'm not even worthy to untie his sandals. Huh? He said, I baptized with water, but the one coming after me is going to baptize you with, with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Now, he's the one. He's the one that's going to change your life, not me. Hello? Woo! I'd like to have been under that kind of preaching. Amen? He didn't get all wrapped up in himself. You know, for John, he consciously made, pay attention right here, he consciously made Jesus the center focus of the message. By the way, I'm not talking about the preacher today. I'm talking about us as being messengers. And if we want to be effective, if we want people to feel comfortable as we share the gospel, I'll tell you, one of the things we ought to do is speak in complete humility and focus attention on Jesus and not on ourselves. Not on ourselves. He never touted his own holiness. He just preached Christ. He always saw himself as only an instrument, just a messenger. Uh, and then I thought this, I thought about this as you read through his message. He spoke of one greater than he. He spoke of one greater 
than he. You know, the message of the Old Testament prophets was always looking forward. Well, John, John pointed to, to Jesus with everything he did, especially in his baptism. He knew that baptism was just an outward sign of an inward situation, right? He pointed to Christ. It was his intention, the intention of, of, of people's hearts that really mattered most. And he knew that Jesus would do uh, in the people the transforming if he can just get the message out clearly. Isn't that awesome? John the Baptist. Why do they call him the Baptist? Well, because he was a baptizer, you know? And when people would come, he preached the message and then baptized them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Difference. He made a difference. Now, here's the message. I just have a few minutes left. How can we be effective messengers? Huh? Look here. We're supposed, to, we're supposed to be messengers. Part of following him is being a messenger. And let's just be honest. Be honest with me. Doesn't it come easier for some than others? I'm looking back there at a fella who I love a whole lot. Brother Tim and Delia. Those kids were just like that last time I saw you guys. Brother Tim was a deacon way back in, in, in church I pastored. They remember, they remember a family named John and Lena Rutilli. You remember them well. They were just an old couple. In fact, they were like always old. When I met them, they were old. When they, were, when they died, they were older. Did you ever meet people like that? They're just always old. Always been old. But I'll tell you something about John and Lena Rutilli. They were unbelievable messengers for the Lord Jesus Christ. They weren't highly educated. In fact, they both, well, he did. He spoke broken English. It was more broken than anything. And when he witnessed, I tell you, he wasn't verbally clear, but the message was always communicated. And I, I tell you, listen, he led more people. This old couple, they used to run a gospel track stand down at Cal Caltown. Maybe you remember them. Uh, but they led, that old couple led more people to the Lord Jesus Christ than put a bunch of preachers in the room. And you put John and Lena, and they would sit way in the back. They would never, inconspicuous, you would never. But boy, I'm telling you what, they had an effective message. And when I used to go out soul winning with him, uh, <laughs> I was almost intimidated, you know, because I was the kind of guy where, you know, we're going to go out and knock on some doors in our community, and I'd have my gospel track and, and my, my New Testament and, you know, whatnot, and we'd come to a door, and I would, you know, and wait about, oh, three seconds. I don't think they're home, you know, back in the day. But when he would knock, it was almost like he was knocking the door down, like he's the FBI, you better let me in. Huh? And, and I'll be honest with you, if, if we were standing at the door and, and somebody come to the door and I say, hello, hello, sir, how are you today? We're out visiting from Southside Baptist Church and, and we're sharing the gospel message with, with uh, you and the neighbors. I'd like to give you a gospel track. Maybe you get a chance to read that. You have a nice day. Oh, that wasn't good enough for him. No. No, because with him, man, the, uh, 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 let me go with TJ here. Hello, sir, we're visiting from, just take it. He wouldn't let it go. Go ahead, hold on. To, he wouldn't let it go. You ain't getting it until I give you what I came to give you. And man, he, he preached the gospel. So isn't it true that it comes easier for some than others? Be honest now, come on. 
Huh? And I won't ask you where you fit into that, but I'm just telling you where I fit into that. It doesn't come that easy for me. I do it anyway because it's what I'm supposed to do. And I find joy when I'm in the midst of it. Man, once you get me started, you can't shut me up. But it's getting me started. You know, I get intimidated. Huh? However, I want to be, I want to be an effective messenger. And so, how can we become more effective? All right, let me give you just, just a couple tips. You ready? Four, four quick things. Number one, allow your relationship with Jesus to make a difference in your life. Look here, he'll never make a difference in somebody else's life until he's made a difference in your life. Your life. You know, I, I, don't, I don't think John was obnoxious. Um, I, I, I don't think he was repulsive. You don't have to be, you don't have to be offensive to preach the gospel. You don't have to be, you don't have to name call everything. You don't have to get in somebody's face. You don't have to be nasty. Huh? You don't have to pull out your podium. Are you with me? No, I think, I think this, I think John just, he just allowed the Spirit of God to use him. And I think if we're going to be effective messengers, you know, people need, pay attention right here, people need to see the difference that Christ has made in your life. Right. Amen. Come on. Ah, please don't think about what you think I mean by that. All I mean by that is people need to see the difference that Christ has made in your life. So does that mean i got to wear a shirt and tie in order to? No, because people that hate shirt and ties, I might be offensive to them. Huh? Does that mean i got to cover up all my ink? No, because people that have ink are not offended by your ink. And by the way, when I mention stuff like this, don't think for one second I'm advocating anything. All I'm doing, I'm trying to, trying to tell you where things need to be. Right. Are you with me? Because we think these are, oh, these, man, if, if I'm really going to lead this person to Christ, we've got to get this stuff out of the way. He's got to realize that tattoos are wrong and wearing earrings are this. And No, 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 no. That's got nothing to do with it. All people want to see is the person that is preaching to them has been changed by the message they're preaching. Huh? Amen? And if you've really met my Jesus, the Jesus of the Bible, you're no longer cantankerous, <laughs> obnoxious. Huh? You, you got nothing to defend. What are you going to defend? Your sinful life? Your past? Got nothing to defend? Man, remember the old saying, the, the ground at the cross is level. We're all sinners saved by grace. So I think this, if we're going to become real messengers, we need to allow our relationship with Jesus to make a difference in our life. And then I think this, I think we need to speak to people in their language, language right where they are. Amen. Come, on. Come on, man. What time am I supposed to finish here? I still haven't figured this out after three months. Man, that'll preach for another hour. Huh? Go ahead. Who are you kidding? You are you kidding, man? Your wife just gave you a shot and said, shut up, Roger. I want to go to eat dinner. <laughs> but isn't that true? That'll preach for another hour. 
just speak to people in their language right where they are. See, we're really good when we got the uniform on. We're really good when we're at headquarters. Help me right there. But you know what? Out there, people don't wear the uniform. And they don't belong to our team. By the way, lost people are lost. And it shouldn't surprise you when lost people act like they're lost. That's why they need Jesus. And if you got to put on this fancy schmancy dialogue and, you know, just kind of impress everybody with what you know. Look, lost people aren't impressed by how much you know. They're impressed by how much you care. And that's why Jesus, when, I love that again, that chosen situation, where you, you just look at him, he's just like, like me and you, showing up in people's worlds inconspicuous. He wasn't announced, here comes Jesus, you better straighten up, put the, way, put the wine away. He used to drive me crazy when people from our church used to go soul winning, and if they knocked out a door and were invited in, the guy was sitting there, Brother Bart, drinking a beer, they would have to leave. Are you kidding me? Look here, have you lost your mind? Isn't that why you're there? The guy invited you into his house, but now you're going to leave because he's holding a beer? Is your partner going to take a picture of you with the guy and the people back home are going to say, oh no, he's lost his mind, he's got no convictions? Are we crazy? That was good. I just think about what I said. I like that. It's pretty good. Are you with me? It's almost like before we witness to somebody, they got to be church people. Now, church people do need to be witnessed to because a lot of us ain't got it. This is about the best it gets for us. This is heaven for us. Huh? Because all you got is Baptist religion. But when you really have the genuine thing, we've got to learn how to share it. And the best way to do it, just speak to people in their life, right where they are. Here's the third thing. Maintain your humility. Nothing worse than a sour Christian. Huh? You know, you know what we try to do? We try to witness to people by saying, boy, you don't know what I've been through. Huh? You don't know the suffering that I've. Huh? You don't know what people have done to me. You don't know how rough I've had it. You don't know the church I attend. You don't know that preacher every Sunday gets up and hits me on the head. Really? And then you're going to try to follow that up with the gospel? Really? I think we ought to kind of change our tone and maybe speak a little bit more about his goodness and his grace and his mercy and the fact that he's long-suffering and he's altogether lovely and will save you right where you are, just like you are, if you'll just give him the opportunity to. Huh? See, it's not about us. John focused everything upon him, and we must do the same. We must do the same. And then finally, I think this, I think we need to point to Jesus as the one who can take the old and make it new. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. Did you ever see people try to witness by simply inviting folk to come to church? Uh, I'm all about that. I think it's great. You ought to invite people to come to church, right? You ought to love your church enough to invite people to come to it. 
But if you're out on Tuesday or Wednesday, maybe Thursday, and you invite somebody to come to church on Sunday, they may die before Sunday. So what they really need more than your church is they need your Jesus. And so if we point to Jesus as the one who's going to make the difference, not the church, they won't, they won't be disappointed. Because they come in, and all of a sudden, you got this wonderful young lady who's practiced her brains out, and she's standing there, and for some reason, there's a glitch. And now, would you please replay that? No, don't, don't replay anything. <laughs> and they try, and it won't, it won't work. It wasn't their fault. Sometimes the devil's in the details. Huh? And so your guest visitor, because you say, oh, man, our music program, we got this worship team, and then we got special music. I mean, it's a, and then all of a sudden they're sitting there, and, and here's the soloist, and she can't get the CD to play. And you know what they're thinking? This is hokey. Huh? Don't happen down at the church I used to go to. And now every... But if you give them Jesus, they'll not be disappointed when our sister says, hey, just turn it off, it's all good, and then sings. Hello. I'm glad, you, I'm glad they messed up, Chris, because that song needed to be sang today. And you sang it on point. God doesn't make mistakes, but guests are looking for perfection. That's why when I get up, I almost make an apology. Hey, if you, came, if you came looking for perfection, you ain't going to get it here because look at me. Just a sinner saved by grace. It just levels, it levels everything. It levels out the playing field, right? Because it's not, a, I'm not trying to give them me. I don't want to give them open Bible. Is this a great place? Sure it is. But I want to give them Jesus. They may never come back here. We want to give them Jesus. That's the message. Are you with me? He's the one. He can turn water into wine. He can speak and the winds and waves obey his, his, his will. He can command death to let go. He can stop a funeral procession and then right there raise the corpse to life. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. We have a message to share. And you know, there's joy in sharing that message. There really is. Did you ever, get, did you ever share the message and get lost in it? Huh? I mean, you forget about all your problems. You forget, you forget. You're just sharing. There's joy in sharing that message, and there's life in sharing that message. Because if people accept that message, they're going to get saved. They're going to get saved. In just a little bit, Brother Tyler's going to baptize a little fella, David. Six years old. Last week, Kids Quest, last week, got saved. Isn't that wonderful? Six years old. He's got his whole life now ahead of him. If the Lord should tarry, isn't that great? Where's Peter? Peter, you in here? Peter? Peter, right, Peter sitting right there. Peter asked me, oh, I don't know, maybe a month ago, six weeks ago, two months ago, Pastor, would you pray for my family? I really want to see my family get saved. Had a great burden for his grandson, Nick. Guess what happens last week? Nick comes to Kids Fest. <laughs> Peter comes in here, part of the, he plays, uh, plays one of the instruments. He leaves here, goes over there, right about the time Tyler is given the invitation. And guess who gets up in the middle of the invitation to get saved? His grandson, Nick. How old's Nick? Eight years old. Guess who gets to lead Nick to the Lord? Grandpa. And you know what Nick, he told me, he said that he couldn't wait to come in here and tell me he was busting. He couldn't wait to tell me, man. He said he was bawling, Pastor. He was just weeping. 
and he accepted Christ as his Savior. Isn't that wonderful, Pete? I was rejoicing with you, brother, thinking about it all week. Huh? Look here, we have a message to share, and there's joy in sharing it, and there's life in sharing it. So as we follow him, let's be a messenger. At your level, in your own way, however the Lord leads you. Maybe it's just to give a gospel track and say, hey, if you get a chance, will you read this? You've done more than most. Just get the message out. Amen? Because we're messengers. Our heads are bowed. I'm going to have prayer in just a moment. I wonder how many might say this morning, Pastor, I'm so thankful that I'm saved. I'm so glad that someone shared that gospel message with me. And as a result of me putting my faith and trust in Christ, I'm saved. Going to heaven when I die. I'm so thankful for that. In your heart, would you be able to say that this morning? Yes, preacher, I'm so glad I'm saved. Now, I wonder if in your own way, if you'd pray right now, just between you and God, not me. I don't need to know any of this. Just right now, Lord, would you help me to become a more effective messenger? Whatever that means. Maybe it means you're looking for more opportunities. Maybe you're carrying a gospel track with you. Maybe there's some people that God will direct you to personally speak to. I'm not sure what it means. But God knows. And all he really is looking for is some willing vessels who would say, Lord, I'll be a messenger. Help me to be effective as a messenger. In your heart, would you, would you pray a little prayer like that? And again, this is between you and the Lord. Help me to be an effective messenger. And let me not assume that everyone in this room knows Jesus as their Savior. So if you're here this morning and you've yet to accept Christ as your Savior, I want you to know you're amongst friends. We care about you. We love you. We'd love to talk with you, pray with you, share some with you. And by the way, long after this service is over, we're available. We're available tomorrow and Tuesday and Wednesday. Just call us, email us. You can come by and visit us in our office, or we'll be happy to stop by your home and visit with you. We just want you to know for sure that when you pass, this, pass from this earth that you have an eternal home in heaven. Father, bless, I pray, your people this morning. May we do something with what we heard, for we pray in Jesus' name, and amen. Thanks again for watching us online today. If you haven't done so already, please fill out a digital connection card so we know how to better serve you this week. For encouragement throughout your week, you can listen to past sermons by searching Open Bible Baptist Church on the Apple Podcast or Google Play Store. If you'd like to give today, you can give online at openbiblenj.org. Thanks again for joining us today. We'll see you on the next broadcast.